Okay, everybody. I have something really cool to tell you about. If you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain here. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. And then you can get started. It's really fun. We just switched over recently here at All Too Real 2, and I'm enjoying it so far. So be sure to check it out and uh, let us know what you think. My name is Michael E. Cullen II, and with me, as always, is my co-host. You could just say my name. It's Matthew Haas. Yeah. Matthew the Haas. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. It means rabbit, actually. Okay. Rabbit? Yeah. So you're Matt, Matt the Rabbit? Mm-hmm. Matt it? Yeah. Mabbit? It's Germanic for rabbit or hare. Okay. Yep. So, um, anyways, um, today we are covering one of the greatest films ever made. It is a movie that um, kind of started off the whole Marvel movie business. It also um, stars an Academy Award winning actor. It... Uh, <clears throat> indirectly um started Pixar. It also has a convicted sex offender in it. Yes. Yes, we are talking about Howard the Duck. Woo! Howard the motherfucking duck. So anyways, this is uh the f- first movie here in our little series of uh the uh not so marvelous films of Marvel, or something like that. I'm going to call it. I don't know yet. Anyways, if you're not familiar with Howard the Duck, I highly recommend you go see it now because it's the greatest Marvel movie ever made. It's it's better than like Endgame or anything like that. Yeah. Better than Winter Soldier. Yeah. Better than uh, Iron Man, Civil War. Yes, this this is like the pre MCU, but it's better than the MCU. Yes, 
And I mean, so. it's 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 even better than the Fox um, Marvel yeah. movies. Like it, it's yeah, it, it's it's better than that Fantastic Four movie that came out a couple well, years ago. Everything's better than Fantastic Four movies, but yeah, but yeah, but. and then it's 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 uh, it's better than how Dark Phoenix looks, and um, yep, it's better than um. Okay, we're lying. Yep. So, Howard the Duck. Yes, the first feature-length film based on a Marvel property. Produced by George motherfucking Lucas. Mm -hmm. And this is like when George Lucas was hot. This was like three years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, this is when he could do no wrong. This is pre-Jar Jar Binks, George Lucas. This is like after Temple of Doom. uh, And they even have a little joke there, too, about the Breeders of the Lost Stork. Yes. Poster in Duck Howard's apartment on his I think I'd rather watch that movie. Yeah, me too. It would probably be good. Uh, So many duck puns in this movie. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't even write it's, them all uh, down. Yeah, they 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 exaggerated a lot. Yes. Wait. <laughs> it's a uh, ducking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, mother ducking. There you go. Yeah, I was about to go quackers. Anyways, um, the uh, this great movie was based on the uh, Howard the Duck um, character created from Marvel. By uh, Steve Gerber. It was directed by uh, Willard Hewick. Written by Willard and uh, his wife, Gloria Katz, who was also a producer on the film. They were friends of uh, George Lucas that he hired to do this movie. And so, okay, a little history here. You know, this film... Lucas had the rights back in the 70s. Kept trying to convince some studio to do it. He was under contract to make this movie. But he was under contract to make a live-action movie. He originally wanted this to be an animated film. So he was trying to make this since the 70s? Well, he wasn't trying to make it, but he he had the rights. He liked liked the character a lot. And um, so after the success of the Star Wars and Indiana Jones films... He decides to uh, produce this and uh, hires his friends to write it. But <laughs> under his contract with Universal, who had kept trying to Universal was pissed off because they had passed on um, both uh, Indiana Jones and um, Star Wars. Uh. So they thought, hey, we definitely got to get in bed with uh, George Lucas now. <laughs> because whatever he does next is just going to be brilliant. It's going to be the greatest <laughs> franchise ever. <clears throat> There's going to be like a dozen of these movies. Yeah, like, no. just like eggs. Yeah. Where you no. get a dozen. Oh, wait, no. No, Anyways, there was um, one movie. Yes. And, um, yeah, he made this movie. And uh, so at the time, you know, everybody's like, oh, you can do no wrong. So we're going to do this. But it was originally going to be an animated film. But for some odd reason with his contract, he had to make a... He was contractually obligated to make a live-action movie. And Universal insisted this be a live-action movie. It may have actually worked as an animated film with better writers. Would have. 
maybe been a little bit more believable or something because you can get away with more things in animation than you can in live action in my opinion yep yes and uh film stars uh the very sexy leah thompson from back to the future yes and caroline in the city and other things the academy award-winning actor tim robbins best role ever really yes i don't know why he didn't win an academy award for this movie you know um and uh sexual predator jeffrey jones registered sex offender jeffrey jones the guy who tried to get a 14 year old boy to send him naked pictures jeffrey jones (laughs) who failed two times to register and then got arrested again again for not registering in florida and then another i forgot another state or whatever um jeffrey jones jeffrey jones yes which the uh, principal, Rooney, That's from right, uh, Back yeah. to the... I mean, not Back to the... No. From, from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's right. Yes. And um, also, you know, um, the, the greatest film of all time, Stay Tuned. Oh, with, yes. He with, wasn't um, that. With... Um, what was the guy's name? With uh, John Ritter? Yeah, yeah. Yes. That is actually a really good movie. <laughs> it's a bad movie, it's but a I, bad movie, I enjoy but, it for yeah. some reason. Anyways, um, it's not... When I say really good, I mean it's really better than this movie. It's, it's fun and, to watch, yes. basically. The wheel of misfortune. Yeah, that was that was funny. <sighs> so, uh, this film was uh, nominated for several awards. Mm. Razzie Awards, that is. <laughs> it won four. It's uh since gained a cult following, but is considered to be. One of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, Lucas had proposed adapting the comic book following the production of American Graffiti back in 1973. And um, after multiple uh, production difficulties and mixed response to test screenings, Howard the Duck was released in the theaters on August 1st of 1986. Upon its release, it was a commercial and critical failure. I can't imagine why. I mean, it was it was perfect. In it, every was, single it was way. brilliant, man. It every was... all the all the quotes that didn't make any sense. There was no context to them. They were just like throwaway lines that like someone had heard mm-hmm. once, and they're like, "Oh, this fits in this conversation somehow." It doesn't, but let's do it anyway. Like, what was Tim Robbins' line? I could have been a contender. Contender at what? Like, yeah, let's not, let's just quote on the waterfront for like, no fucking you're not, reason. You're not whatsoever. talking about yeah. competition of any kind whatsoever. So it, it's like, like I like I said, it's like me quoting random lines from Angels in the Outfield, the 1994 version, not the 1950s version. Um, you know, but like lines that don't have anything to do with anything that's actually happening. Like I'm just gonna quote the line, and not even a, a line that makes any sense. Like someone ordering a corn dog or something like that okay that makes sense in the context of like a nuclear power plant i'm gonna try i'm gonna try that in real life what just randomly quote movies yeah. um in situations that have nothing to yeah do with just it. make sure yeah make sure make sure that the, the the context doesn't make sense and just see how people react like the next time i go to a funeral i'll just automatically just you know just say you know 
Here's looking at you, kid. Yeah. Just why not? Walk up to the condom. The condom. The, the condom. The condom. <laughs> well, well, that reminds me. I think that was on my head. That's why. Because but, no, of, but the coffin is what I meant to say. Because of the but condom. There's a condom in this movie. Uh, not wrapped, just in his wallet. In Howard's not, wallet. Not yep. used, fortunately, but just, you know, a loose condom in his wallet. Can I can I mention that this movie is PG? Yes, sure. There's a lot of adult sexual humor in this film. Yeah. That seems to be geared towards kids. Like in I some said ways. though, back then it seemed like PG was like they they had a little bit more leeway, it seems like yeah, but, in the eighties than they do now. But but regardless, who are you marketing this movie to? You know what I mean? It's like because if your parents are in the theater and one of the first things they see in the movie is duck boobs. Right, and like the and, first, um, like the, uh, <laughs> four minutes, four minutes of the movie, yeah. <laughs> and when he gets sucked into the vortex or whatever, because he's sitting his he's in his apartment drinking a beer, watching TV. Then he opens mm-hmm. his Play Duck magazine, and there's and, and there's duck boobs in that. There's duck, yeah. But then when he gets sucked into the vortex or whatever the fuck it is at the beginning of the movie, he goes <laughs> flying through the other apartments in the apartment complex. Yeah, and you know, pass an old couple. And then somebody else or something. And then all of a sudden he goes through the bathroom of this woman who is like drinking some Chardonnay and, you know, listening to music or something and And is in the bath with her with her duck boobs exposed. Not only that, she was kind of like like not really pleasuring herself. It looked like it kind of sensually. Yeah. Like like kind of just rubbing her chest area. Yeah. This is PG, you know, for kids. So. Mm -hmm. Apparently, duck pornography is okay as, as long as long as it's not human, it's fine. Apparently, um, yeah. For, but for these movies. but but then later in the film, we get an almost sex scene, interspecies. Yeah, um, it's like bestiality almost. Yeah. You know, between between Leah Thompson's character of Beverly <laughs> and uh, Howard. Anyways, let's but she get. She was in... just kidding, though. She says, "Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so, though." Um. Okay, let's get into the plot. Plot. Okay. <clears throat> um, let's start out a little bit with that, and then we'll. Uh... Yeah. Let, let's let's shall. Yeah. Um. So. Okay, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> we'll go with their little uh, description of the plot and kind of go through this to kind of explain it to people that don't want to watch the movie. But still want to listen to our lovely banter. Yep. And, uh, you know, not to ruffle any feathers here. Anyways, um, I'm uh, ducking hilarious, man. Applause sound. Yes. Yeah, be careful, everybody, because I know quack foo. Anyways, um, the uh, <laughs> in the movie, 27-year-old uh, Howard the Duck lives on his planet called Duck World, a planet that is uh, similar to Earth. But inhabited by anthropomorphic ducks, and orbited by twin moons, similar to the twin suns in Tatooine on another failure of a film that George Lucas uh, produced, <laughs> a little movie called Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, <laughs> you might have heard of it. I don't know. It wasn't based on a Marvel comic, so. <clears throat> Anyways, he's a. Uh, 
was reading the latest issue of Play Duck magazine in his armchair, and it begins to quake violently and propels him out of his apartment building and into outer space. Howard eventually lands on Earth in Cleveland, Ohio. Upon arriving, um, Howard encounters a woman being attacked by thugs. He defeats them using the uni- unique style of martial arts called uh, Quack Fu. Um, Is that official that he knew a style called Quack Fu? I don't know. I'm just going off what the movie oh, said. Wow. I, that doesn't say that in this uh, description either. I'm just kind of adding that as alliteration. Oh, okay. and, I mean, or as a, you know, embellishment. Um, the, uh, he, uh, Introduces himself to the woman, and her she introduces herself, and her name is Beverly Switzer, Switzler. I mean, sorry. Um, she decides to take Howard home to her apartment after having about five seconds of a freakout of the freaking fact that it's a talking fucking duck that's like three foot tall. <laughs> Only five seconds. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of that going on in this movie. Yeah. It's like the initial shock wears off like really quick, and then it's like, oh, this is reality now. Okay. Yeah. But um, one thing I want to mention is the uh, two men who uh, try to, um, you know, sexually assault Beverly Switzer in a kid's movie. Um, <laughs> like that little quip at the end. Yeah. Yeah. At the one point when they see the duck, at one point. The uh, the one guy says, I must something about what does he no. say? He goes, I've been doing too much toot. Yeah. Don't know what that is. What the fuck is toot? It's apparently some kind of drug, but maybe it was a drug. I mean, it didn't last long, I guess. I've been in Ohio my most of my <laughs> life. Um, Not too far from Cleveland, you know, here in Toledo, where we live. Um, I mean, I remember once when probably around 1986 being offered drugs by some kids on a corner one time. I think they said, do you want any crack? Do not remember them asking me if I wanted any toot. (laughs) If anybody out there listening to this podcast right now would like to message me at mike at cullenpark.com or comment in a review of this. If you know what toot is. I'm very curious to know. And I mean what 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 kind of high does it give you? Right, what like what does it do? Yeah, I mean, do you uh, stick it up your butt because it, it's called toot? That's what I'm I mean, saying. I don't maybe, know maybe what you do with suppository. it. Uh, my guess is that it, its effects are hallucinatory in nature because he's he's saying it in the context that he's seeing a talking 3-foot tall duck. So my guess is that that maybe it makes you see things that aren't real. Maybe or it's there. another name for acid. I don't know. Maybe, what the, but I, we don't know. Apparently, the land of Cleve or Cleve Land has its own special drug called toot. So if if you if you live in Cleveland and you're listening to this, and you know what toot is, please message us and tell us. I bet you it's something really obvious that we just we can't put together. Like some, you know, what I mean, like we're gonna figure it out or someone's gonna tell us, and it's like. It's going to be something like, oh, okay. Either that or it's just something that uh, the writers of the film decided to create. Yeah, maybe. Probably that. (sighs) Fuck is toot. Okay, anyways, I think I'm on toot right now. Anyways, the... um, (laughs) So, uh, following that, you know, Howard spends the night at her apartment. Um, The following day, Beverly takes uh, 
takes Howard to uh, her friend Phil um, Blumbert, a quote-unquote scientist who uh, Beverly hopes can uh, help Howard return to his homeworld. Um, Phil is eventually revealed to be only a like assistant or jan- janitor at the uh, at the uh, facility that he works at. Um, he uh, Howard then all of a sudden gets pissed off <clears throat> and decides to not take help from anybody ever again. Yeah, he's gonna be his own man or his own duck, rather. Yeah. He uh, <clears throat> he he goes to apply for a job. We need to talk about okay, this yeah, scene really yes, quick, yes, here, Matt. Okay. okay. <laughs> what happens in this scene, Matt? Okay, he goes to the employment agency of Ohio, or whatever it's called, and like he gets like this like mean like stern, you know, caseworker that's like, I'm not gonna let yeah. you just. You know, live off the dull. I'm going to get you a job. Okay. For one thing, she's a duck. He's a duck. She doesn't seem to notice that. Yeah. And the other thing that you mentioned about how, like, identification purposes. Yeah, like, like, I'm not up on government things. And this is another thing. You know, if you want to message us and let (laughs) us know how, you know, I've never had to apply for unemployment. Well, he wasn't even applying for unemployment, or or or, or, or go just... or go to a or go to some kind of job agency or whatever the fuck this is. I've never gone to like a job placement place or anything like that. I've just you know applied normally and gotten jobs. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that because that's a good good service that we have in this country. For now, yeah, until it's taken away. <laughs> Anyways, the um thing I'm trying to figure out is, don't you need some kind of identification? You know, some yeah. kind of you know, address, records of some, some, something. I don't know how it all works. I'm sure there's some kind of things needed. You can't just walk in off the street looking like a three foot fucking duck <laughs> and get placed into a job. Like, I'm pretty sure you have to be a human being. Uh, but she doesn't, she thinks that he's just trying to look alternative, I think is the word she used. Yeah. Like, he's just wearing makeup to be punk or something like that. It's like, no amount of makeup in the world is going to make you look like a fucking duck. Like, I'm sorry, but... And then, of course, there's, like, the whole, uh, you know, sexual harassment aspect, too, because she bends yeah. over at one point, and he's, like, about to, like, bite, bite her Bite butt. her ass, you know? Yeah. It's like, what the hell? And then he ends up biting the paper that she yeah. gives him or whatever, like, her, his his position, you know, his job or whatever. It's in a kid's movie, by the, the way. And by the way, the job he gets is, like, some weird sex motel yeah it's, it's like, like he, the... he, he's working at um what uh wikipedia calls a local romance spa <clears throat> where people are just having sex in hot tubs like all over the place every room yeah and, <clears throat> and 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 you see like a scene of somebody you know right at the beginning of it like where you basically see cleavage really well of this actress you know and and stuff like that i mean you almost see her breasts you know not as clearly as you see uh duck tits or whatever (laughs) you fuck want to call them anyways the uh (laughs) pg yes kids yes the um (laughs) 
This is a movie, man. Yeah, I know. And it was kind of long. It was like an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> um. Anyways, I think that's a good stop, place to stop for a break really quick. Sure. And we'll come back with more of the plot <laughs> after a word from our sponsors so I can kind of, you know, maybe go eat some quackers. Yeah. Or, um, I don't know. Or some... Oh, I can't think of it. Uh, quam chowder. No, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. No. <laughs> some 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 quacker oats. Yeah. There we go. We can do this all day, folks. Yeah. Make sure make sure you uh, stay tuned. Eventually, we're gonna have a Cullen Park podcast just called Puns. <laughs> Anyways, we'll be right all back. Right. Bye. Hi, folks. This is Michael Lee Cullen II from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with manager Matthew Haas. You got promoted? Yes. Damn it. Okay, anyways, um, folks, uh, do you like the show Superstore? I don't know. I asked the folks and nobody's answering well, me. Because they're not here. Oh, but we love damn it. it. Yeah, we love it, though. Okay, folks, if you like it as much as we do. You're really going to like the Super Story podcast, which is a podcast where Matthew and I go uh, episode by episode and give our little opinions and thoughts on it. Uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, just depends on how we're feeling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so if you like this podcast and like our little crazy banter, then you should definitely check this out. Or I might get sad. And when I get sad, it gets pretty sad. Yeah, so I can't deal with him when he's sad. Yeah, no one can really. So um, yeah. So, so check out a uh, Super Story podcast right here where you get this podcast, Super Story podcast. You won't find a better quantum physicist than Dr. Graw Horatio. How do you do? I am Dr. Graw Horatio, a scientist. However, like many of us, he's useless without a good cup of coffee. <laughs> Thanks to coffee, I can accomplish more in a week than a regular scientist can in a month. With just as many psychotic breakdowns, it's still quite economical in the long run. <laughs> you can hear Dr. Horatio and his exciting adventures in the upcoming radio comedy, Magus Elgar. Visit Magus Elgar com to download your copy today so uh those ads were great weren't they matt the duck sauce really good stuff yes yeah duck sauce and eggs mm -hmm. it was good stuff good stuff <laughs> i'm going a little quackers here mm -hmm. again yep i think i said that before break but anyways um <laughs> so back to the plot of this brilliant film should be on the AFI 100 list, um, you know, ahead of Citizen Kane, in my opinion. Because when I think of great people in movie history, I think of Orson Welles and Howard the Duck. Yeah. Yep. It's too bad they didn't get, you know, Orson Welles to play Howard the Duck. That would have been amazing. Yeah. All right, so where do we leave, leave off on the plot? Okay, so basically, after... Uh, so... Phil was revealed to be like a janitor and then Howard got all pissy and he went to the we, we were talking about, I think, the whole thing where uh, Howard went and basically was a became like a janitor or something himself at a at a love spa mm -hmm. of some sort. And uh, yeah. And um, so uh, he quits that job after being treated like shit by the 
boss who doesn't seem to realize that he's a fucking duck. No one does. Well, he just thinks he's a freak. <clears throat> yeah, he makes him clean like all the fucking hot tubs and stuff. And, and uh, so uh, Howard soon he quits and then he rejoins Beverly, who uh, plays in a band called Cherry Bomb, an all-girl band. Which is funny because, you know, the Runaways, uh, they, had a song. they had a song called Cherry Bomb, yeah, so yeah, I just but... thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there was any allusion to that. that Cherry Bomb! <laughs> and then, um... Sorry. It's okay. Copyright and... infringement, sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. You didn't oh, sing okay. enough of it. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> the, uh... So, um, Howard comes across their manager at the bar, who is, uh... Basically talking about how he basically wants to uh, sexually assault uh, Beverly later. Oh yeah, that's right, that dude. And so uh there's a big fight scene that's like very strange and one of the guys there is also another guy from uh Ferris Bueller. I think one of the guys that uh one of the guys that steals uh um Cameron's car. Yeah, I at think that so. one point. Yeah. When they're in the from the parking garage. <clears throat> Anyways, um the fight breaks out and then, you know, Howard of course wins the fight. Of course, I mean, come on. Yeah, Howard the Duck. He goes backstage and meets the band and joins Beverly and stuff like that. And then um, Phil comes in and interrupts them with weirdness. He walks in and he's like, "Sorry, girls, missed the show, but at least I get to see you undress." Yeah. And Phil, by the way, this is an Academy Award-winning actor, Tim Robbins. And also, too, um, to clarify, not not that it makes it right anyway, but, like, in some of these movies, like, they had a thing where, like, if a guy was, like, cool and said stuff like that, he'd kind of get away with it. And if a guy was, like, a geek a nerd, nerd, he, nerd. No, he plays, like, a geek and a nerd, and he said that, and they're just, like... See, everyone in this movie is, like, oblivious to stuff. It's yeah. weird. It's a weird movie like that. Where, yes. Like, people just say weird shit. That they would never get away with in real life, even if they were cool or not. And yeah. it's just like, oh, oh, like, it's not even an acknowledgement. It's just like it's something that's in the, in the wind and it just blows away. And it's like, it's it's a weird movie, man. And and, and, and then he, uh, there's this point where um, I think they just decided to stop writing dialogue or something. And <laughs> Tim Robbins just makes some weird noises. He goes, he goes, wee, 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 wee. That's right. something goes, like goes, weird. It's you again. Yeah, he does this weird thing. It was like, wicky, 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 or something I'm like that. I'm going to take that like, and just put that on like a 10-hour YouTube loop. Yes. Like, you know, they have those 10-hour videos of like a same movie clip or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to do that one clip where... You should uh, you should make like a dubstep song about that or I, something. I, with I, I, should, that. I should. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> or a techno song. Something, you know, something where you just put that in there. Um. Anyways. Howard uh, the Duck, the... Tuck, tick, you should take that. The, the, you should take the song "Howard the Duck" from the end of this movie and then mix it in with that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, probably get a lot of views on that. I, I, maybe. Um, so, anyways, uh, Phil like theorized this idea that he could send um, Howard back to his uh, home planet with the uh, um, help of his colleagues, and uh, at one point he ends up. Uh, taking a uh, feather from uh, Howard with his little tweezers. Mm-hmm. He takes from Howard's tail and basically, you know, in my opinion, assaulted him. He just, like, ripped it off of his yeah. butt, basically. And then people get pissed at him and kick him out of the club then. Mm-hmm. You know, the girls do. Yeah. 
I think he's dating one of the girls too. I can't really tell. It's kind of weird, Phil. I'm not really sure. Really? It's, yeah, it seemed like it in that scene. Like Maybe. it seemed like I don't know. I was kind of zoning out at that point too. Yeah, but, it was. It was. Um, <laughs> it was bizarre. The uh, I can't wait to get some of these scenes I recorded for quoting. Oh yeah. It's, it's, so uh, basically, um, <sighs> so. Uh, Then there is a scene that I can only describe as the most um, disturbing scene I've ever seen in a film in my life, where the very attractive Leah Thompson comes on to a three-foot talking duck. And she comes on hard too. Yes, she says she was kidding. That that's that's no, not, no way to kid. She, that, she's talking about wanting to, uh, you know, like she can't find the right man, so maybe she should, uh, you know, try interspecies. Well, because he flirted with her first, yeah, and then jokingly. She, took, she I think. took it like to a next level, and he got really nervous and uncomfortable. And then yeah, she's flirting with him in her like in, in her in her bra and underwear, yeah. and she's about to undress at one point. Um, it's like that. That's a, that's a really hard. And a kids way movie, to, by yeah. the way. Yeah, PG. So. Yeah. I mean, this movie is rated the same as some animated Disney movies. Yeah. Yes. I wonder how this got passed. I wonder if anyone even reviewed it, if maybe it was so bad that they're just like, all right. Like they saw like the first, like, well, no, even the first five minutes we saw the, the duck yeah. kids. So there's yeah. no excuse for that. Duck tits. And like I'm saying, too, I know, I know you oh, were sorry. saying when... <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I know you were saying like there was like the apartment was shaking because of the thing, but I think they were did that as an innuendo on purpose because that like he, he looked, was gonna masturbate. Well, he, looked, yeah. he, he just picked up the Play Duck magazine, and then all and then the, and then it went away, and all you could see was like the nightstand shaking at first. So that was my see, first. See, is, that was my first like um, feeling on that was on their planet too. Just want to let you know, I mean, we saw his ID and stuff. His name is Howard T. Duck. Mm-hmm. So his last name is Duck, and he yeah. lives on a planet called Duck World. Mm-hmm. But we know that there are people with other last names because, you know, we see these posters with, like, you know, W.C. Fowl and stuff like that instead mm-hmm. of W.C. Fields. Mm-hmm. So that means that there are people on that planet with other punny last names. But that would be like my name being Mike Human. Right. Well, or Mike People. Yeah. I mean, they're... Well. Yeah, I just don't... It's it's just the way it is on that planet, Yeah, I guess. I don't know. So so would that make him more superior than the other ones that are just named other other things? Or he's actually lives on... But but it's Duck World, too, because I guess it would be almost like more like my name being Mike Earth. Right. I don't know. Um... I mean, he's not that superior because even on that planet, no, he, he's just a he, loser. He quit his his he quit college. Yeah, he and was going to be a plastic surgeon. Hey, may, may, maybe if 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 he would have gone through with plastic surgery, he could have given some other uh, um, nice uh, duck breasts. Yeah, he could have augmented that. Yeah, know, but <laughs> he turned that down to write songs and then stopped doing that and then got yeah. some construction job or something like that. Yeah, he was in a band called Howard and the Heartbreakers. <clears throat> 
Really? Is that what he said? Howard? Yeah. Okay. So there's another thing. For so, so, so does that mean he's the Tom Petty of his world? I don't know. Don't even say that. No. <laughs> no he's the Tony Generous of his world. <laughs> if you listen to our other if you podcast. To the yeah. Um, there's a character called Tony. Well, not characters. Yeah. A person. But um, yeah. He is a character. He's though. definitely not a character. Yeah. Well, he is a character. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, um, but can I just say one more thing? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So when she found his wallet when he went to sleep the first night. Yeah. That he came the night when he hit. Mm-hmm. fought those guys that were attacking her <clears throat> his wallet dropped and it had all these stupid puns like marshington dc um and then a, a dollar bill with uh with with a washington with a bill on his yeah. you know duck bill and there was something else too oh yeah blooming ducks that's right the blooming blooming ducks card yeah. or something there, like, there, yeah. there was the condom that was not in a wrapper yeah not used fortunately as far as yeah. I know. Yeah. If so, that's disgusting. But but but, but who the hell keeps a, a condom in their wallet unwrapped? I don't get that. That's what I'm saying. There's, there's something wrong with this guy. I don't know. Yeah. But, but. And, and then oh yeah, and that other in in that uh in that scene we talked about earlier where uh where uh Phil comes in and says something about um being happy to see them undressed or whatever. He's bringing a pizza. Oh yeah. And Howard is like, "What's a pizza?" Right. So on his planet, they have like beer. And magazines and movies and apartments, and they all speak English, mm-hmm. but obviously they don't have pizza. No, and they even had the same brand of beer, didn't you say they had? Yeah, I think they both drinking. had Budweiser in both so, places. So he's drink. So Budweiser is a multiversal um, alcoholic drink, apparently. Yeah, but pizza only exists on this earth. But apparently. there's obviously no Dominoes in their planet no or Domino's. something. Or whatever. You know, like what the fuck? No, no. <laughs> I don't think they thought that part through. Yeah. I, think, I think that lo- that got lost in the editing process or or the writing process, whatever. Um, yeah. Because it's just so weird. There are certain things that, like, Howard acts like, oh, this is weird. I'm here on Earth, and this is blah, 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 and this is strange. You know, what's pizza? Mm-hmm. And then other times it's like everything is normal. And then people are freaking out because he's a duck in some scenes, and in other scenes they just don't even notice that he's a fucking duck. Yeah, like... There's the, no consistency. Like the employment agency lady... Yeah, she just thought he was like some punk that was like wearing makeup to look alternative. I'm like, what? What kind of makeup? And then there's a scene where he's on the bus before he goes there, I think, or, they or, or and they kick him out because he's a duck. Yeah, they they notice. So the bus people notice he's a duck, but the employment agency doesn't. Who, who he doesn't even produce any um, uh, identification. Yeah, she doesn't notice he's a duck, or that he doesn't have identification and just gets him a job at some weird sex motel. Which is, is that even legal? But whatever. So um. I mean, the sex motel or getting him a job or both. Well, I'm saying well both, but even if even if he had identification, I'm pretty sure if you work for the state, you can't just hire someone to work yeah. at an illegal brothel. But whatever. So, so it's uh, a movie called Howard the Duck. So yes, uh, I'm trying to trying to suspend my my, my yeah, disbelief. Trying, <laughs> yeah, because there's no the um. So, anyways, um, right before uh. There's this sex scene between Beverly and Howard, who is a three-foot talking duck, mm-hmm. and Beverly is played by Leah Thompson at her hottest, mm-hmm. and is a human. Yeah. I'm going to emphasize that again. She's a human. She's a human, yeah. Human. Yeah. Um, on a side note, because of the scene, um, I played for uh, Matt an interview on Conan um, <laughs> with uh, Zoe, Zoe Deutsch, who is a... Uh, Leah Thompson's daughter now you know she was born after this movie came out but um she uh 
she said that when she was a kid, she was flipping through the channels and came across this movie and it happened to be around this scene. <laughs> and she's like, my mom's making love to a duck. And then so she had to talk to her parents about it. And her dad's name is Howard Deutsch. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And she's like, you know, I know my dad's name is Howard. This duck, she like basically was afraid that her uh, mom was going to leave her dad for a three-foot talking duck. So maybe these scenes where people think that Howard's okay and real, then, you know, maybe they were all just having the mind of a child. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but, um, but yeah, because then she was, like, worried, and then, like, her... Her mom says, "Don't watch that movie. It's for it's for grownups and blah blah blah." And then, um, which I don't think the movie was geared towards grownups, no, but because it's rated PG. So. But then, uh, when her friends asked her what she what her parents did for a living, <laughs> um, Zoe Deutsch said to to them that her mom made adult films. <laughs> yeah, she's a an actress in adult films. <laughs> so um, that was funny. That yeah, was good. I like that. God, I really hope there's never like a porn parody of Howard the Duck. Uh, don't even. I, I'm not gonna look. No, I wouldn't either. I'm, I'm but not even gonna try to look. No, but I'm, you're probably yes. There probably is. There out has there. to be. Yeah, you'd think so. Because they'll make. I mean, for, th- this move. This movie has the acting of a porn. And it I has mean, the it, adult it, theme sometimes yeah. too. Like they'll, you know, I would. They would. They would make that for anything. So especially if like, and that's the other thing too is that like Howard the Duck, apparently like in the comics is like more like sarcastic and more kind of like a yeah sort of like um just kind of like a not really mean-spirited like kind of like a grumpy and, yeah, and in this movie he's just more of like confused like he's not and he's not a musician he's a detective oh in the comics in the comics he, he he lives on earth and he's a detective mm. yeah so so yeah they changed his career then all right yeah anyways <laughs> um so uh anyways right before the lovemaking happens the <laughs> interspecies lovemaking um they're inter- interrupted by Phil and two other uh scientists. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they from, barge uh, in. They barge in. And uh to an apartment, it's not their own. They yeah, just walk in. But the door was open, they said. I that doubt it was. But anyways, um one of these uh guys is uh Dr. Jenning, played by uh <laughs> you gotta say it again. Um registered sex offender. <laughs> Jeffrey Jones in a stellar performance, by the way. Oh my too. god, yeah. this is the best yes. he's ever done. Uh-huh. Most people might think of him in the Crucible as the character of Thomas Putnam, which I actually played on stage various, once. But um, anyways, that's <laughs> various Broadway or off-Broadway shows. Nope. This no, is, this and, is you it. know this is... his his role is Principal Rooney and um, Ferris Bueller. Nope. His, the highlight his, of his career is Doctor Jennings slash the Dark Overlord later. Yes. Well, he was he didn't yes. play him. He got overtaken by him. So. Yes. Anyway, we're getting ahead of that. Well, spoiler movie. alert. Yeah, oh wait, no. Thirty-three-year-old <laughs> fucking movie. So, um. Anyways, uh. Basically, they they tried to they figure out that there was a feather that they had in their laboratory at the moment that they were doing some kind of fucking science experiment of some sort and that feather came flying down at the same time that Howard came flying into that alley at the beginning of the movie anyways um so they decide to go back to the lab later on to uh 
figure out if they can get Howard back home through their thing. Before they get there, Jenning tested something, and um, he ends up uh, having something happen where he ends up getting possessed by a dark overlord. But uh, that's a little bit ahead of time, too. But basically what happens is there's some kind of malfunction when they're doing that, doing the ex- doing some experiment of some sort. But it basically brought down a dark overlord that uh, needed a vessel to live in and chose Dr. Jenning. For some reason. Yes. Not sure why, but... Um, but before that happens, there's this whole fight that ensues at the, uh, at the laboratory and the cops are there and they're trying to get, trying to get Howard for some reason. Yeah. I forgot why. Um, and, and like the main, the main cop is by the way, played by, uh, by, um, oh, I can't remember his name, but his last name is Gilfoyle. I think it's Paul Gilfoyle who also played the main cop detective on um csi crime scene investigation <clears throat> yes yep so my my theory on this whole thing is that the producers of uh csi were big howard the duck fans i'm sure of it and they saw him play a cop in that and they're like hey this guy's good at playing a cop so uh, we're gonna do that we're gonna make him a cop on a number one rated television show I mean, they didn't know it was number one rated at the time. But anyways, no. the uh, so as they're being chased and everything, um, at one point, um, a cop falls into a garbage can trying to put out a fire. No, he, he like reaches into it. Yeah, and he basically falls into it. And then they push him. They in. push him into it. Cause, yeah, because he threw, Howard threw the cigar, a lit cigar. A lit cigar in there. And then the guy was like, no. like." He- and that was like the only uh, reference to a cigar because in the comic book, um, Howard is always like with a cigar. Oh, well, he had a cigar a couple times. In the movie. Did he? Oh, okay. I think that was when you were zoning out maybe a little bit. Yeah. But he, he oh, no, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, he, yeah, a couple of times he was had a cigar. Not, yeah. It wasn't like all the time, but it was a couple, like for a minute or whatever. But anyways, uh, they escape. And while they're escaping, there is actually a scene where you hear a cop through a, who I, who I believe I, I heard is one of the writers of the movie, if I read this right, playing this cop who says, the this, who's like naming off what Howard is, you know, he's like a three foot duck, blah, 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 and everything. And he's like, and he's armed and he's dangerous. And by armed. I mean, he has a weapon. He's like explaining this, like two cops, like in great detail too, like like practically painting a picture. So, I've never gone to the police academy. I'm pretty sure on day one, one of the first things they teach you is that when someone is armed, it doesn't mean that they have arms. No, that means they have a weapon. Oh, they have a weapon. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so when you I'll, say somebody's armed and dangerous, that's what that it means. doesn't mean that they're just going to punch you. Okay, good. It usually means they have a gun. <clears throat> okay. And what what happened with the, the trash can cop? What happened with him? No is that clue. When, is that when they said, and I'm quoting, Bookum Ducko? Yes. I've got like 30 of these, by the way. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm like itching to get to those those things later on because the, these, the good, these the, quotes the, are the good so, quotes. Yeah. so... Oh, my God. 
Yeah, they, I think I'm pretty sure that is mm-hmm. when um, when Beverly said to Howard, "Book him, Ducko." Yep. Mm-mm-mm. Very topical. Referencing a TV show from the '60s at that point, because this is before the new Hawaii oh. Five O. The references yeah. make no sense in this yeah. movie. There's there's like ten of them that uh, where it's like the whole like contender thing. Like earlier, I mentioned that. Yeah, it's like the, on the waterfront. You're not because my my thing is like, my my thing is is if if you're gearing this movie towards kids in 1986, if that's what you're gearing them towards, I don't know. Who knows? F- yeah. First off, why do you have duck tits? <laughs> And then secondly, (laughs) why do you quote movies like On the Waterfront and TV shows like Hawaii Five-0, you know, movies from the 50s and movies and TV shows from the 50s and 60s? Because, you know, lots of kids are sitting at home watching On the Waterfront. Yeah, of course, man. I, I, I don't know if that was in there for the adult audience I, that they were somehow trying to court, which I don't get that either. Even then, that's kind of an obscure reference. Sort yeah. Of. Um, well, the, 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 the contender one isn't really. Oh, but okay. the, Yeah, no, it, it's <clears throat> probably one of Brando's most famous lines All after right. uh, after the, uh, you know, um, after the lines from like Godfather and shit. But um, anyways. So. Uh, they take off with. Jenning, who they don't realize is possessed by the Dark Overlord. Not yet. Yeah. Basically, they they think he needs something to eat. He's telling them in the car. Okay, so yeah. Beverly can tell that he's like sick. He's got like a massive headache. Yeah. She makes him drive. Yeah, that's what I, they're like. They're like, do you have a car? And he's like, yeah. And then so then they get in the car. And instead of Beverly driving or maybe even Howard with somebody running the pedals right. or something. <clears throat> They make um, this guy with a migraine. Yeah, basically what appears to be like at that point a migraine. Yeah, he's not changing that fast. And he's telling them um, that he's... Oh, so can I, can I get... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So, so then, they, you know, it's the 80s. So they have to throw in like some random transphobia for no apparent reason yeah. whatsoever. So he's like, I'm changing into something else. And then and then Howard's like, great, like a sex change or something. It's like, what? And like, it wasn't even funny. Again, it's like it's like these throwaway lines like what are you talking about man not only are you just like being mean but like it doesn't make any sense whatever and then so so they go to a a diner god a diner diner scene a diner called cajun sushi like (laughs) i think it's like i don't know i can't remember what it was it was somebody's cajun sushi yeah it was called kate it was it was called yeah but it it was like a name above it like so and so's cajun sushi whatever it was it was like but it looked like an old like 50s diner but in the sushi. but in the diner, everybody's wearing like uh, these bandanas that kind of look like the Karate Kid ones or something in there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which made no sense. But anyways, they're of they're course. in the diner, and everybody thinks that that uh, Beverly and Jenny are like a couple, and that Howard is just their kid in a costume. Yep. And uh, then Howard freaks out at one point because they serve him eggs. Right. He's like taking. It- Take it away or whatever. And he's like, it's a cannibalism or whatever and blah, blah. And then he like freaks out. And then there's these like random truck drivers who come up. These like Bubba looking truck drivers. All right. They're like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah and they're like, are you duck? And then, then then they grab a they, there's like, oh, yeah, there's a key. By the way, there's there's like an electronic key that goes into the uh, into the uh, machine that Jenny you know, basically gives Jenny permission to use the machine. And they need mm-hmm. that to. Use the machine to try to get Howard back home. And uh, they have it, and the truck drivers grab it, and they're like, what is this, your key for your duckmobile? 
Yeah, because that was hilarious. Yeah, man. that was the, the that duck was... mobile. Because because yeah, they thought that Jenning was like a ventriloquist and he was making Howard talk. Yeah, and that's when Jenning finally cha- transformed into. Yeah, became, he starts totally transforming into a. Uh, yeah, um, the guy, the overlord mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, at, at the diner tables when he actually transformed. So then he was like already kind of like evil at that point, like not really. Oh yeah, to remember remember the part where. When he's testing out his great powers, what he does to know he has powers at the diner table. Yeah, because you know, if if I if I had superpowers and I could shoot lasers out of my eyes and destroy something or do something you know, to prove that I have it, first thing I would do is uh, break some uh, glass jars of uh, Heinz ketchup and mustard. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. It's a great way to test your powers out. Those are some amazing special effects, by oh, the way. Yeah. You know, better than anything in Endgame. Yeah, totally. Better than you know anything in any MCU movie ever. I agree. Yeah. Yes, <clears throat> makes so he, Thanos look like shit. You know? He does. He makes <laughs> Thanos look. And so that's what he does. It's the greatest villain in any Marvel movie ever. Yeah. And so he, he destroys the the ketchup mustard bottles. Yes. And then <clears throat> fight breaks out. Well, not fight. The the biker people basically. Okay, so like this whole. Um, Diner is apparently just full of savages, not just the bikers. Yeah, they, like, they all trained to. Well, the attack bikers started them. it, and then like everyone in the diner like joined in and like this ritual. They were like seasoning Howard, like pouring salt and pepper on him, and they're about to like cut his head. Yeah, off. they're about to chop his head off. There's like a like like a, a stereotypical Asian chef in there. He's about course, to chop, yeah. chop off his head. Yeah. Um. And um, we're going to leave you a little bit of suspense right now. We're just going to take another quick break here for a second, um, and then we'll come back and try to wrap this up and then do some reviews and read some reviews of the movie and stuff, too, after we finish up the plot. And my quotes, too. And Matt's quotes. Yes. Um, but, yeah, and just looking at it, we're, 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 we're almost uh, 50 minutes into this oh movie, or so, or a little longer than this, so we, we should probably take a break here. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, this is uh, Michael E. Cullen II. Um, from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with Matthew Haas. We just wanted to tell you about our great, great podcast Super. called Super. It's called All Too Real. And on that show, what, what do we do, Matt? We, we watch biopics and then we talk about whether or not the movie matched up with the real story or not. So we, it was we, a lot we, more exciting than that though. Yeah. So, 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 so we, we analyze the real story and the real story. Get it? Get it? Real. You know? Yeah, they're spelled differently, folks. Yeah. You can guess which one I said which way. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, so uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, but we uh, talk about great, sh- great, uh, great movies like uh, Shattered Glass yes. and The Social Network and uh, A Futile and Stupid Gesture, among others. Um, those are some of the ones that we've covered so far, and uh, we're going to cover a lot more. So uh, please uh, subscribe on. Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you uh, find your great, fun podcasts. And be sure to share it with your friends. Do it. Do it. Do it. And make sure you're not afraid to get all too real. Bye-bye. Okay, so anyways, uh, after the fight ensues at the diner, um, we get, uh, we get these, uh, they escape somehow and they're getting to a car, but they, they, but, uh, but Jenning tied up Beverly in very loose knots, by the way, too. But anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> and threw her into a semi truck or something. Oh, oh, wait, that was after they, and they, they, 
That was after they – there was one point where they were, like, driving in this semi-truck. Oh, yeah. There's, like, the 15-minute-long car chase. Yeah, and, but, but way but, too long. But th- that, that was bad. But there was, like, where Jennings and uh, Beverly were in this car, in this truck, I mean, and he needed to get energy. Oh, God. This was disgusting. And he has this, like, thing that looks like it's straight out of the movie Alien come out of his uh, throat, which is, like, his tongue, and he sticks it into the uh, cigarette lighter, and he charges himself up with electricity. And then they need to get to some more uh, energy, and then he ties her up in the in the car, and they they're going towards some like nuclear power plant, mm-hmm. like it said, like the Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga County uh, nuclear power plant, which I don't even know if there is one there. But anyways, this whole movie was shot in California, by the way, and you can see palm trees from time to time and stuff <laughs> like that. Which, I mean, I've lived in Ohio my whole life, and I've never seen a palm tree here. So, um. The uh yeah they they have this long car chase which we don't need to describe because it sucked, but it was after basically Howard, um, gets uh Phil, or as he calls him Philzy, out of a cop car. He jumps out of the, the yeah he jumps o- out of the window. The window was open. Yeah, which was hilarious. Oh my God. But anyways, Philzy, while he's uh, handcuffed, ends up uh, they they end up uh, stealing like a hang glider, like an electron, like a like a motor motorized hang glider or something like that, and they fly that to the nuclear power plant. Um, while uh, Jenning is at the uh, power plant, he's going on a tour with a bunch of uh, other scientists or something of the of the power plant. And at one point, he's acting all weird and he's talking like this because this is what you talk like when you're evil. Mm-hmm. And uh, they think it's weird in the way he's talking and stuff. But instead of you know thinking maybe he's possessed or maybe you know which I I mean I wouldn't jump to that conclusion. But hey, this is a world where people don't freak out about a three foot duck. Right. Some people do, but but they offer him coffee. I know. I don't. I don't know. It's just, but thinking. but anyways, that that just was weird to me. So what happens now? What, what it was like. <clears throat> He eventually does something, I don't know, creates disturbance, I don't remember. And then he has access to the big power thing. Howard and then um, Philzy, I guess, find them somehow. Yeah, and they try to attack them. So there's a big fight breaks out. That is another like another like ten fifteen minute long. It's like these like these scenes. Yeah, these scenes just drag. The pacing and are bad. Drag and nothing happens. Yeah, the pacing is terrible in this movie. It's, yeah. it's like things drag and nothing happens. It's like an episode of Dragon Ball Z or something. Yeah. But um, the uh. So yeah, so the big fight breaks out right, and then um, the Overlord he like shoots them with uh, Beverly and Phil with like this weird laser shit or something like that, like yeah. making them disappear or something like that. I don't remember. Oh no, it's because he wanted. He wanted her to be the host. Yeah, he of, he puts her he he ties her up to like a thing to try to. She's going to be the host of some other dark overlords. Okay, that's right. Yes. Um. But anyways, to to wrap things up, they end up saving the day. Howard uh stops the stops this beam from bringing the overlords into Beverly's body or something, and then he sacrifices his chance to go home. Yeah, to basically save her, by that. Save, so yeah, yeah, so. Then um, we end the movie with a big concert in like a big arena. Or Best something. song ever. And then um, yeah, and they're singing a song called Howard the Duck. Kind of Howard e- kind the of Duck. Egotistical to sing a song about himself, but no, he wasn't singing it. Oh, 
Beverly's in but he was Beverly in and Cherry Bomb were. He eventually comes in. He and comes out playing guitar. Yeah, he plays right. guitar during it. Yeah, and it, and it appears like that Phil is like their manager now or something. Or, or which is weird because he was a scientist that wasn't really a scientist. He was either that or he's just running the stage lights or something. I don't know yeah. what he's doing. But anyways, it ends with that song, and then we have our thank God credits and yeah. um yes and stuff God. like that. So uh, do you want to read some of the <clears throat> beautifully wonderful quotes from this yes. film? Before I get to the uh, <coughs> to some reviews from the Internet okay. Movie Database. Yes. So we said, you know, I'm just going to go down the line. The Bookham Ducko. That was great. Yes. Um, <clears throat> when he's at his apartment on Duck World, he has a poster called Breeders of the Lost Stork. Yes. Um, we already mentioned the thing when he says he's changing. And Howard's like, great, like a sex change or something. It's like nice transphobia you got there. It's awesome. But, um and then, but he also said another thing too, because because he mentioned it twice that he was changing, and then Howard then goes, "Try saying that to your insurance company." I'm like what? Like whatever. And at one point, when he was, I think when he was going to the, the science lab or whatever, and they were saying like no pets allowed, and he said he was a seeing eye duck. <sighs> you have the two. Um, rapey looking dudes from the beginning well not just looking they tried to harass assault her the one guy saying i've been doing too much toot yeah that guy yeah we talked about Uh, that one oh okay so the toro toro so this is an interesting thing so during the diner scene you 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 point this out about the pies yeah can you talk about the pies okay they're they're having this big fight scene and (laughs) howard has pot has like these cream pies in his hand and it looks like he's tra- going to try to throw them at these guys. But instead, they kind of run towards him, and they basically plant their faces into the pies, and, and it makes it seem like Howard pushed them into his face. But I think because of the special effects, they basically had the actors run into the pies. And you could see it. It wasn't just like – and it was like the you would think that like, oh, the first guy does this. The other ones will learn. No, it's like five people the straight running into pies. Yes. Yeah. So, but, but during that time, he was saying – Toro, Toro, and he does this again, like later on during the whole fifteen minute long chase. Yeah, it's like, dude, you already said Toro, Toro, you can't do it. And 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 is that like uh like like with like, is is he doing this as in in um regards to like bullfighting where they feel that? But but then there's also there's that movie Tora, 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 which is about Japan bombing Pearl Harbor. He said Tora, I don't know, but I don't know. Um, I I just wasn't sure which joke they were going for there. That's what I'm trying to right. (laughs) So um, quote unquote joke. Yeah. Right, so um, when Jennings got up as the overlord, like he was sitting down yeah. for a long time, and and for the longest time, Beverly and Howard cannot accept that it's not Jennings anymore; it's this overlord, and he's been talking to them for like five straight minutes, telling yeah. them who he is, that and they not, still yeah. won't accept it. They're like, like, come on, you gotta go help us. It's like, dude, he literally just—he's glowing you, over there, and you he's think he's gonna you help you? He's gonna destroy the world. And everything in it, and and then like so. Then when Howard was being seasoned by the the mob of people about him to kill and eat him, she's like, "You gotta go help him." It's like the Overlord that said he's trying to kill. You. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so then he gets up finally because she she convinces him that they're making fun of him. So then that makes him get mad, and then he gets up and he's like, he's like completely like like or whatever and he's like kind of like getting like this like electric orb around him and this guy goes he must have had the chili Hmm, really so what chili makes your body have like a shroud of electricity over you i never had electric chili before it seems kind of interesting Ooh, that's a good name for a band electric 
It is actually really good. <laughs> but by, by the way, um, just to rest assure everybody, um, Jenning did um, escape. Okay, he uh, the 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 Overlord got out of his oh, body. Yeah. So he everyone was, was so there. concerned about. Yeah, that. I know they were. I was yeah. just making sure that they, they they were concerned about the character played by a uh, um, you know registered sex offender. Uh, Anyways, so um. So then he becomes like full on electric man at this point, and then like one of the one of like the biker guys or whatever was like, "Hey, you know, like basically like doesn't even see that he's like he's got like a blue electric orb like surrounding his entire body." So then he like shocks him with electricity. So that so that was kind of that's not really a quote, but that's you know whatever. yeah. So then so then now everyone has like gave up on Howard and they want to fight this guy. Apparently, people just like to fight in this this restaurant or whatever. So then, so then you know he's he's like saying like your stupid typical lines like if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen, which is weird because like if he's like some intergalactic overlord, how does he know like American phrases like that? Like it, that's something that you would learn like culturally over time that you w- wouldn't just know that. But whatever. So yeah. And then he's he goes like closing time, not 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 the song, but like he goes. Yeah, cause this was this was pre semisonic. Pre semi, which this is was back when they were a band called Electric Chili. Right. Yes. Wait. So, <laughs> so um, so the whole car thing when when Philzy jumps out of the car, and then oh yeah, so then there's there's a scene <clears throat> when Philzy is um trying to do something with um trying to fix some machine that got broken apart, <clears throat> and then um he he asks um. Howard for the toolbox, and then he goes, "You got a screw loose." And then, um, at one point when he's fighting the Overlord, uh, as the Overlord, because he eventually got out of Jenny's body and just became his regular self, he says, "And I'm not kidding. Prepare to eat beak." And then I'll let you say the one when he says, when Filzy says, "Duck," and what. Howard says afterwards. I'll let you say that. Oh, doesn't he say like, oh, I forgot. What did he say? He goes, I'm proud of it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he was telling them to duck. I remember laughing when it happened, but I couldn't remember the quote anymore. <laughs> yeah, Philzy was telling him to duck. And then yeah. he goes, I'm proud, I'm of, proud it. of it. Yeah. And then he goes, and then at one point he says, I need this like I need another tail, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of like, I guess, the whole, like, you know, I need this like I need another hole in my head, mm-hmm. which makes no sense again. either, but it's still... And then like... the Tarzan reference when he beats the Overlord. Again, Yeah. what, is, what, what does it have to do with it? I don't anything? know, he, like, beats his chest like Tarzan and says, ah! But, but, but yeah. So Tarzan fought intergalactic um, demon space wizard people? That was that was the sequel you didn't see. <laughs> so anyways, that, that's all I got for quotes. But, okay, um, so I'm going to read a little bit of trivia here from the Internet Movie Database first. But then um, then we'll go into a couple of reviews here that we have of the film okay. from the Internet Movie Database as well. But uh, according to reports at the time of the movie's release, George Lucas had just uh, built a $50 million Sky, Skywalker Ranch complex and uh, was counting on this film to get him back in the black because he had... And uh, this when, movie. yeah, when it bombed, he was forced to start selling off assets to stay afloat. His friend Steve Jobs, the CEO of Apple Computer, offered to help by buying Lucasfilm's newly launched CGI animation division for a price well above market value. Um, Lucas, in desperate straits and thankful for the assistance, agreed. That division eventually became Pixar Animation Studios. Mm. So this movie. 
is responsible for the existence of Pixar. Wow. So there's something good there. Uh, yeah, something good came out of this. Yeah, uh, Leah Thompson still has the guitar from Cherry Bomb wow. that she played. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, eventually Howard did return to the screen in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and he's also in Endgame, people. He has a blink-and-you'll-miss-it cameo in Endgame, so look for that if you haven't seen Endgame yet. And, um, yeah, the, the, the suit, the, the Howard the Duck suit cost $2 million at the time wow. that George Lucas spent himself. Um, they're, uh, yeah, the evil overlord is actually a villain in the comic books as well. Um, yeah, like I said before, it won several, uh, golden raspberries. Um, it won for a uh, worst new star, the six guys and gals in the duck suit. Is one. That's what it said. Uh, worst visual effects, worst screenplay, and worst picture, tied with Under the Cherry Moon. Wow. Yeah. Um. Several people auditioned for the role of Beverly, including Tori Amos. Huh. Yeah. Um. Also, Phoebe Cates auditioned for the role. Um. As well. As um, as well as the peop- as uh, other uh, stars like Paula Abdul, Kim Basinger, Jody Benson, who uh, she was the uh, the voice of Ariel in The Little Mermaid, Sarah Jessica Parker, Laurie Singer, they were all considered for the role of Beverly. It was like a highly sought after role at the time, I guess. Um, the uh, Actor who finally got the role of uh, the voice of uh, of Howard recorded all of his lines after the film was made. So on the set, they had somebody else reading the lines. But his name is Chip Zine, who is far more well known than um, the other actors that auditioned for the role: John Cusack, Martin Short, <laughs> and Jason Alexander, who were all turned down in favor of Chip Zine. Yes, so that that's a little bit of trivia. Uh, the Dark Overlord was actually reused in the movie Men in Black as the character of Mikey in the opening scene of the movie. Huh. Yeah, so yeah, which was made uh, eleven years later. Huh. So that's some of the trivia. Now, let's read a uh, ten out of ten <laughs> review of the film. <clears throat> Best Marvel movie ever made. And this is written in 2017 by uh, Chris Birgach. Birgach, I'm sorry, 26. Anyways, uh, Howard was an inspiration, a hero. Best Marvel film ever. Best film of 1986. Best performance of Tim Robbins' career. Cherry Bomb was the best 80s band of all of them all. Howard, sharing a bed with Leah Thompson's Beverly was more life-changing than... Slave Leia. Um, 1986 Howard, along with Ed Gale's signature voice. It wasn't Ed Gale, by the way, you fucking dumbass. It's a sarcastic review. Yeah, but but Ed Gale was the guy in the suit, not the... Okay. Um, should have been there in, uh, in the stinger for that well-received but lackluster 2014 film. Um, very dark day for all ducks and planets. Talking about the Howard the Duck uh, 
cameo in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, voiced by uh, Seth Green. Anyways, um, a 7 out of 10 here um, by somebody that didn't give their name. Um, oh, no, they did. Oh, here it is. It's Woody Anders 8, back in March of 2018. Um, much better than its poor reputation would suggest. This is an honest review, actually, here. It says, uh, um, Smart Alec Mallard Howard finds himself stranded on Earth. Um, Howard befriends spunky, aspiring rock singer, blah, 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 blah. It gives me the... Okay. Director and co-writer uh, Willard, um, Willard uh, Hewick and co-writer Gloria Katz deserve praise for joyfully um, running with the absurd premise. This picture certainly rates as one of the most bizarre and ridiculous big-budget movies to be produced and released by a major studio in the 1980s. Moreover, um, Hewick and Katz definitely nail the sense of go-for-broke, pull-out-all-the-stops outrageous excess that permeated the 1980s. While this, for the most part, works in the film's favor, um... Said crazy excess does on occasion go a little too far, such as the infamous love scene between Howard and Beverly comes previously close to being icky and distasteful. I don't think it came close. I think it just fucking was. Um, <laughs> Tim Robbins um, contributes a lively turn as a goofy um, um, and geeky lab assistant. Um, Richard Klein's slick cinematography... John Barry's dynamic score and the flashy special effects are all up to par. Super catchy theme song and cool rock concert finale too. A bit uneven and a tad overlong, but overall a real hoot and a half. This next one I don't really get. The Okay, it says A fun family film written by WGK07 Two one four two two. Back in December of 2018. This is an original Marvel film that is actually funny. It is not lame-laden with what Disney thinks is funny. It is actually funny and adventurous and cute and has pathos. Howard generates more sympathy than any 2018 CGI. Not a fan of the music, but the band members are cute. The whole uh, body of this thing makes no sense based on the title, which is a fun family film. Huh. Nowhere do they describe in that thing how it's a family film. Because it's not. Okay, anyways. Um, so we're running a little late on time here. I'm going to uh, cut to one of the one out of ten reviews. Okay. It's uh, title is Outstanding Cult Comic Plus George Lucas Equals Awful Movie. This is from Vidal Furless 8, back in August of 2005. The best continuing story comic strip of the past 20 years was, in my opinion, Howard the Duck. This brooding film noir-type comic had us sneaking outside work every day at 3.30 for the Washington Even Evening Star just for this three-panel strip. Howard just was not happy to find himself trapped on Earth in Cleveland, living in a slum and interacting with his... Uh, sexually useless being human rather than a foul girlfriend Beverly like uh, Groucho Marx with a bad hangover Howard's uh, continual rants about his rotten situation made a great comic strip 
Along comes executive producer George Lucas, who strips away every single thing that provided mm-hmm. Howard with a character um, and makes him nice, worse, makes him cute, gag. If that weren't bad enough, the film has Howard and Leah Thompson's character engaging in post-sex afterglow. It was actually pre-sex, but whatever. Thus advocating human and animal sex and spitting on the Judeo-Christian ethic (laughs) for the sake of an unfunny sight gag. This film is now George Lucas's dirty little secret, a part of his legacy, and worse than any of the um, three prequel Star Wars movies. Boo hiss. Okay, but the thing is, though, yes, he was a duck, but he was a duck from a different uh, reality that was yeah. more like a humanoid. It wasn't like she was having sex with like a duck from Earth. Yeah. So it's not really... It wasn't I mean, like I, she I, just went to the park and there was a pond with a duck and she just decided I, to fuck the I duck. I shouldn't even be arguing against this person, but yeah. it's because it's stupid, but because I'm sitting here defending, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but it's not the same thing. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, last question here for you, Matthew, mm. before we end this. <clears throat> Sure, Would you recommend this movie to anyone, and if so, who? <clears throat> yeah, probably just like if, if like for people who are like interested like in the history of like Marvel characters being turned into movies, like like someone who's <clears throat> like either a student like at school or just someone who's like just likes to do the research on their own. But like as far as yeah. like enjoyment, mm, probably not. Uh, yeah, I mean. I personally can see the cult status of this movie and why it's a cult. It's kind of like in the in the in in the vein of like the room or uh Plan Nine from Outer Space or one of those bad movies that you watch and you enjoy watching it. But this one, unlike those movies, does have these dragging points that make it not really worth watching even with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um yeah. I may or may not recommend it just depending on who you are and yeah, the history thing is cool. Yeah. Um and also to kind of see the downfall of George Lucas. Anyways, um, so <laughs> and his talents. Um, <laughs> well, we can all see why Jar Jar Binks is his favorite Star Wars character. Oh boy, I don't want to get too bad on Jar Jar Binks though. I mean, I, I think the Jar-Jar... guy, the guy who played him, like, wanted oh, no. to kill himself. No, because... but what I'm saying is, I my my thing with it is, is Ahmed Best is an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. He did an amazing job in that movie. The problem with it is the writing, right? And it's not just jar jar it's the writing overall in that trilogy yeah um the george lucas writing it was meant to be like it was, it was like bad ri- acting yeah i mean like or... like there's these like love scenes between uh anakin and padme that are basically like um really badly written hallmark cards and um it's just i don't know it's bad writing all over i have nothing against i have the utmost respect and i actually think that ahmed did the best he could mm. no pun intended with his last name being best anyways um <laughs> The um he 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 did his best and he he was just he was good in the role and don't get me wrong I just think the character was badly written yeah more than anything and so were most of the characters in that movie well yeah maybe I don't know well I mean I think is I I try to remember because I have more respect for the for that trilogy now than I'm seeing the newer ones and I like the newer ones too don't get me wrong I'm not trying to badmouth those and I I'm a huge Star Wars fan and I still love those movies and I see where they fall into the mm plan of things it's just it you can see the logical leap from 
Ewoks to Howard to Jar Jar. <laughs> is all I'm saying. Yeah. He like, it's just. Because, yeah. Because I liked Revenge of the Sith and like part of. Oh, Attack, I did too. Part of Attack of the Clones. Yeah, me too. Um, I didn't really like the Phantom Menace all that much. No, me either. And but, that, that's what I'm saying where you yeah. can see the. You can see the leap though from mm-hmm. from Ewok to Howard to, to, to Jar Jar. Ah, yeah. So, and I mean, um, the issue I have with Jar Jar too, it's basically it's not anything against the actor. Like I'm saying, I just want to mm-hmm. emphasize that if you're listening, I'm at best. I you know come to our podcast. I would love to talk to you and interview you about your process of making mm-hmm. that character. But the issue I have with it is it, it was like a animated character in the like Roger Rabbit vein stuck in the middle of a sci-fi movie and it just didn't really work Mm. that's all and uh pretty much i think that uh howard the duck is very similar in the fact that it just doesn't work because it doesn't know what the fuck it wants to be it's not a kid's movie it's not an adult movie who is their target audience that's what i just don't get was george lucas was the target audience yeah (laughs) it was for himself uh, he hired his friends to the passion you know, project. Yeah. I mean, the good news is I'm pretty sure that the 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 couple that wrote this movie are still together. So well, that's cool. There are happy endings, <sighs> and so speaking of happy endings, we uh, we're running at like think we're, over an hour here. This and, is um, this is like the longest one we have, and it's got to be yeah. Howard the fucking duck. Yeah, sorry but guys. There's a lot to talk about in Howard the duck, unfortunately. Uh, <clears throat> so, any parting words for you? Um. I don't know what exactly exactly to say. Mm. <clears throat> any yeah. uh, any good quacks from you? Um, just a, a message to the kids out there: don't do don't do any toot. Yep. Don't do that toot. Toot is bad for you. Whatever it is, don't mm-hmm. do it. Can't do good quack foo on toot. Right. Bye bye. And don't be afraid to get all too real. Toot. toot. <laughs> Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Hawes. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at cullenpark.com.